The following recording may have some swears in it, so if you don't want to hear those, well, hell, I don't know. Up in the morning and out to school, the teacher is teaching the golden rule. American history and practical man, you study him Hi, and welcome to Attendance man. Questions. I'm Dr. Sam Hamilton. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Jones. Mr. Jones is a senior biology and Spanish double major here at Bridgewater College, where he also serves as the public relations coordinator for BC's Black Student Association. Hailing from Silver Spring, Maryland, where as the team captain of the Montgomery Blair High School lacrosse team, he led his Blazers to their first state semifinal appearance in school history, while also being a member of the National Society of High School Scholars. Mr. Jones continues his academic and scholastic excellence here at BC, where he plays midfield for the BC Eagles. Daniel, thank you very much for agreeing to join me today. Um, now, oh, so go ahead. You need to correct something from your bio. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm retired. I, I'm on the team anymore. Oh, so I saw that you had an injury last year, but I didn't know if, yeah, that, if that was... Yeah, I had a concussion through my sophomore year, and then beginning of junior year, I stopped playing. Oh, gee. oh well, so had a, had, a, had a brief storied history as a, as a midfielder for the BC. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. Um, so now, over the first season, I'm going to give you a little, little background on, on what I've been doing here. So over the first season of this, uh, this series, attendance questions, I've spoken to a lot of different faculty and staff members at BC many of whom are invested in questions related to identity, specifically as it relates to teaching and learning. And while I regularly talk to these folks and, and we have conversations about identity and students in the classroom, I thought it would be fitting to conclude this first season by speaking with you, not just because you are a student at BC, but more specifically because based on my research, I'm learning that you are somebody who is also very invested in questions of identity, particularly as it's shaped and informed by concepts of masculinity and race and politics and so on. So my first question to you, Daniel, is probably the hardest first question that I've asked of a, question, uh, of a guest so far, and it is this. How have you changed over your years here at BC? You were one way when you came here. Are yeah. you different now? What are, the, what are the developments of who you are as a, as a human being? Well, first, you're right. That's a very that's a very good first question. Um, I would say when I came into college, you know, coming into my uh, experience, you know, my freshman year, um, not that I thought I knew a lot, but like I kind of thought like I had the world figured out. Like I was like, you know, like I'm going to go to college for four years, get this degree and, you know, keep moving. I was like, I pretty have the world pretty much have the world pegged. Yeah. Um, but Honestly, it was my biology 110 class with uh, Dr. Hergel and like other experiences that I was able to have with professors like Dr. Martin. I took Dr. Josephson last year for a philosophy course and like all these courses just like it's not even necessarily about what I learned in the course, but it made me look at things differently. And so now probably the biggest difference and something that I kind of take pride of in myself is I'm able to look at a lot of things objectively and see like what influences why like I do what I do. So I, nice. I don't really just do things anymore. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't know why I did that. Like now I really like, you know, why did I, why did I do that? Why do I think that? Why did I think that way? And like, I, I consider all nice. the factors, like all the things that go into like shaping who I was and who I am now. And there were some things that I found out about myself that I was like, man, like, 
that needs to change, you know? Yeah, and and yeah. so I was able to grow in a lot of ways. And I'm also able to see that in other people too. Like, you know, what are the things that are probably going into that person's experience that make them think this way or do something that way? And I'm, I like to think I'm very personable. I like to meet people who have relationships and stuff. And so I, for lack of a better phrase, like I cut a lot of people slack. Like, and it helps me get along with a lot of people understanding that there's probably something going on in their life or there's something that shaped them to be the way they are. So, you know, maybe someone says something that might be, you know, a little offensive to me or like that might be like kind of rude that I might think it's rude. That person just might not have ever had anyone check them or yeah. where they're from. That might just be like a normal comment or something. And so right. uh, like uh, being a little more understanding of that and like being able to have conversations about that kind of thing um, is definitely probably the biggest at least the thing that I take the most pride in in coming out of my collegiate experience well that's awesome too that you're framing it around like pride right that it's that it's not necessarily just an issue of like I was this way and now I am this way it's that you're there's a there's an ownership of the change that you've identified in yourself and and like you say a pride in it I think it's really cool man um I, I and I think you know I try to, I do my best to try to figure out and try to put myself in a position to understand sort of where folks are coming from. It's hard as hell, you know? It is very hard. Yeah. Cause sometimes the, the emotion gets in the way of the objectivity. So Absolutely. sometimes there's, sorry, my roommate just walked in. Oh, that's fine. Um, but so sometimes, you know, I have to take a second to catch myself and, and say like, am I being rational or am I being emotional right now? And that's not to say emotions are bad, but I think emotions are tied a lot of times to like irrationality. You know, when you feel something, it kind of just stirs something up in you. You might just act on the feeling versus am I thinking this out? Maybe this is good for me, but is it the best thing for me? Or maybe this really makes me mad, but is going about it this way the best thing for me to do? Yeah. So that you know, it's definitely not easy, but I've gotten better at it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I talked to uh, a, a counselor and, and one of the things he always tells me is the difference between like hot cognition and cold cognition, right? So we can always look at in hindsight, the reason the hindsight's, you know, such a powerful tool is we can sort of plot over the decisions that we made and think about how, what we should have done differently and whatnot. But in that moment, it's hard to sort of engage in that sort of cold, reflective, yeah. you know, sort of measured way of approaching it. And and yeah, oftentimes the thing that sort of short circuits me is, you know, like I get frustrated, I get irritated and angry. And I, I don't know, I don't know how you're dealing with the, with the pandemic and all that's happening in the world in terms of the, you know, police murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And like, it's, it's hard, it's hard to sort of put that in check and, and, and really access somebody, particularly when they have sort of a different perspective on issues. But, um, all right, well, cool. That's awesome. I'm, I, that's, that's a great answer, man. Uh, so that was a hard question and you knocked it out of the park. So I have another follow-up question to that. So as you've developed and grown, uh, over your time here at BC, what types of support that you've received from the larger BC community have been most helpful to you and what types of support have been least helpful to you? I mean, you, you name checked a couple of professors there, obviously classes and things like that, but what else has yeah. been helpful in terms of your growth and development? Um, I think... I feel like probably the most obvious answer, but also like the answer that I think doesn't get enough credit is like the like interpersonal relationships I make like with like people, my peers. Um, I think that meeting people and talking with people who 
not necessarily have the same like ideas as me like explicitly like yeah like it's good to have people who like we think the same thing and we just get along because we all have the same ideas but like also meeting people that challenge you know the way that I think and challenged my mindsets um is is was really important and so I have um you know I know a lot of people on campus I have lots of you know friends and acquaintances and all that good stuff but I I keep my circle very close and very tight in terms of like who my really like you know really good good friends are yeah. and those are all people who um you know help me challenge my mindsets every day those are people who uh support me like just and, and the thing is it's things like just letting me know i'm not the kind of person who like i need to see you every single day for us to be best friends like right. i cannot talk to you for like a week and we'll still be good it could be a month we'll still be good because like i believe the relationship is stronger for me it's that like kind of you know getting support from my peers and that you know hey we're here for you like hey like did you think it's all the way through that kind of thing yeah um and really like honestly mostly my family like yeah. it, it really is mostly my family. I'm very much like a family man. Like I, I love my, like that's what feeds my soul is like spending time with my family. And so like, I learned so much from my dad. My sister always has my support, my mom, my little brother. Um, they're honestly probably my biggest support system. Um, and being college yet, yeah, some of the friends that I've made would be the most supportive things. Um, least supportive. Yeah. In general, just like, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Like systems of power are just like not very helpful ever. Like bureaucracy and just like, uh, um, yeah. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, uh, like formal structures of like, like the technical formal structure of school, like, you know, going yeah. through different, you know, this administrator, then this administrator going through this professor and then their department head and then going to the dean above that, like that kind of thing has been probably what I think is the least supportive to me in that regard. Yeah. Um, just because I think for me, I, I'm not really big on status quo. And so like a lot of times, like when I do try and like do things like I'm not doing things that are like already going on or I'm trying to um, push something that's different or a chain yeah. and for like people in, just in general really aren't too don't take don't take too kindly to change right. and so like the powers that be don't want to be changed and so like in that regard I would just say that general I guess I'll use the term bureaucracy is has probably been least supportive or, or, or helpful in that regard. I mean it's the thing that you know so one of the classes that I teach is um, introduction to professional writing. And one of the sort of central ideas that I have in that class that I talk to my students about is the the way in which systems are written into existence. Like, I don't know if you're a Hamilton fan at all. Um, I haven't seen it, unfortunately. I, it's on my fine. list. So, but, so he's got this line in, in one of the songs where he talks about writing financial systems into existence, right? And you think of, sort of about the, the, the bureaucracy that you're talking about it. I mean, it, you're, you're, you're talking about systems that have been codified, that have been written down, and that's that's where they get their stability. That's where they get their security. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's the the invention of positions of authority in that particular system. They definitely don't want the the system to go crumbling because that's sort of what gives them their authority. Because what else? Whether 
what other authority do they have, right? It's, it's sort of a, yeah. it's an imagined construct. This is the question I always ask my students in my professional writing class. Like, why is it that you stop at a stop sign, right? It tells you stop. So what are you stopping for, right? It, it's not, it, you're not going to break the, the universe yeah. if you don't stop. You don't stop because you recognize there's a, a, a sort of an armada of laws behind it. Maybe you'll get a fine and you'll get points on your license. And I understand that. I mean, I think the other thing that, that, is tricky is not if you don't know sort of how to navigate that hierarchy that system it's so much easier yeah. to navigate like the interpersonal relationships that you talk mm -hmm. about with your friends with your family because you just ask and they give and if if they can but to you know it's not the same to ask and, and give in a in a bureaucratic system regardless of how big or small it is so that's uh, yeah i would yeah it's a good 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 tag right <laughs> um, uh, so speaking of, you know, sort of systems of power, um, your college career was sort of been bookended by two monumental presidential elections, right? So you came in right oh, after gosh. the 2016 election and, yeah. and, and now your senior year is going to be in the middle of the 2020 election. You know, what's at stake for you in this election? Um, I like not to be dramatic, but I mean, like, my life, like I think, like that's kind of how I look at it. Being a, a person of color, being Latino, being black. I mean, I, I really look at it as this is my life on the line. Um, it, people talk a lot about the election and like, oh, politics, you know, like Trump as politics and his campaign, his policies as politics and all that good stuff. But for me, it's, it's really not. Like, I, I don't think that anything relating to Donald Trump really is politics short of the literal policies he might put on paper that go through the legislature. Um, I think that most of that um, is really just not, I'm sorry, I lost my head a little bit. Um, but that situation, it, it's, it's not politics because I, I truly believe that like he's, he's an evil person and I'm not one to condemn. I'm not one to, you know, write people off. Um, I think people deserve second chances and like all that good stuff. Like, you know, I, I think uh, it's great to be compassionate, but I mean, that's just, a, that's just not a good guy at all. And so for me with the election coming around and, and people talking about, Oh, like we have to be understanding of other people's mindsets and other people's things. Like I think true, but that goes to an extent, like there's, there's a limit to how understanding I can be when someone else's ideology attempts to dehumanize me and attempts to, you know, cut down my humanity. So I, I, I can only give you so much leeway. I can only, you know, be so passive in these situations where I'm seeing people that look like me or my dad, you know, lose their lives. And so it, it, there's a lot going on with it. Like, I, I get that there's, um, you know, it's, he, he might win. Honestly, like, I, I Part of me, I think he's going to win again. I, I, and I, I want to be more optimistic. Like, I want to have faith that, you know, uh, uh, human will will bring us through and, and you know, we'll, we'll power through. The good guys will win. But I don't know. We didn't think he was going to win the first time around. Right. And so. Um, Were you able to vote in the 2016 election or was it was that? I was not. I wasn't 18 yet. You planning on voting uh, now? I for sure plan on voting now. Yeah. What are and you I doing? That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go for it. I was just going to ask in terms of when you sound sort of, you know, passionate and involved and 
you know, are you are you involved in any any sort of advocacy groups to get folks out there to vote and and vote in a way that you think would be uh, would be best for you in your future? I mean, are you is there any any groups or organizations on campus that you want to you want to promote right now in terms of of? No, yeah, anyone? I'll definitely definitely like to shout out BSA. Uh, I'm on the executive board for BSA, and uh, we're trying to do a lot of work to just um, really bring the community together on campus and yeah. eventually hopefully the conversations and the events that we put on will translate into action that goes into the poll booth yeah. and uh i'm currently uh working an internship with uh new bridges which is oh, an nice. uh, an immigrant resource center in in harrisonburg uh where i'm basically helping to get um information about the election how to vote where to go and those kind of things um out to the Spanish-speaking community in heritage, uh, heritage in Harrisonburg. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm trying, you know, do, doing whatever I can, short of telling people explicitly how to vote. You know, like at the right, end of the day, right. you're gonna do what you want to do, but I can definitely make my case yeah, <laughs> for yeah. why you should probably lean one way or the other. Well, that that's that's awesome. I, you know, that's um, I think it's 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 oftentimes tricky when you feel very strongly about of an election to walk that fine line between wanting people to be civically engaged and also wanting the people that you want to be civically engaged to be civically engaged you know yeah um and yeah that's hard because i think i mean particularly an area like like harrisonburg which is you know pre pretty purple right um, you know, I'm moving down here from Pittsburgh and I know, you know, Northern, Northern Virginia, Southern Maryland, you know, uh, where Silver Spring, right? Like that's, yeah. they're pretty blue areas, you know? Um, and it's, you know, when you go out and you, you're going out to get, get out to vote, you're getting out to vote for people that you think are going to vote the way that you vote. Um, it, it's, it's tricky around here. I mean, I think it's, it's yeah. a, it's a hard, and, and particularly on campus too. I mean, I think that there's a lot of different constituents on campus who have various, you know, very different political ideologies and whatnot. I imagine that work is, I mean, it's, it's, it's important work that you're doing. I, you know, I thank you for it. So, uh, but I got, I got to imagine it's pretty damn hard. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, all we right. got to do what we got to do. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to transition into a, uh, into a silly question. I just evoked your, your awesome. home area of Silver Spring, Maryland. T tell our viewers about mumbo sauce. <laughs> about mumbo sauce mumbo yeah and sauce. why is it superior to barbecue sauce and and all of the other yeah well mumbo sauce is a staple of uh the dmv community right dmv this dc metro dc metro dc maryland virginia right dc metropolitan area uh, but particularly you know silver spring prince george's county uh, mumbo sauce is just a a great great wonderful product agricultural product of, <laughs> oh of, come on there's nothing agricultural about mumbo <laughs> sauce that is that is human made through and through that doesn't come from it the is, earth it is it is a beautiful god sculpted creation and uh we it's just it's just hard to explain you know why do why do why does the laughter of children make you happy you know that's that's like kind of the question you're asking me right now you know why is mumbo sauce better you know why yeah. Why, why, why do you, why does laughter feel good? You know, it's just, it just kind of is, it, it, it's just a, a natural fact. So would you, would you, if it was a, it was a head to head battle Royale, mumbo sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce. Cause that's the one that I always get is the uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Like where, where are you going? Where's your heart at? 
I've actually, I recently become a fan of Chick-fil-A sometimes because of my sister. I didn't, right. for a long time, I wasn't a very like sauce guy. Like okay. I pretty much had ketchup and like that was it. Uh, but Chick-fil-A sauce is also wonderful. I mean, I, I have to stay true to my roots and I'm going to go with mumbo sauce on this one. All right. uh, just to, just to, you know, keep that, that loyalty for, for where I'm from. But Chick-fil-A sauce is definitely close second. That's actually nice. Chick-fil-A sauce is gas. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's my first encountering of, of mumbo sauce is my cousin lived in, in Southeast. And, and when I w visited him, he's like, oh, you got to try this. I'm like, what, what the hell? Is this teriyaki sauce? What's going on here? <laughs> and it, it just the, yeah, you're right. It is. It's sort of just a weird experience. And I like the fact that there's no, like, you can get a different mumbo sauce like there's Every no single like, time yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, and at the same place you can get the yep. yeah anyway it's like basically whatever what else they have around plus you know barbecue sauce or you know yep yeah uh, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna segue back into a into a serious question then we'll we'll end on some light awesome. fare so for sure um i so this i have two two reasons for bringing this up um in february of this past year you were part of a panel on campus of regional folks that were talking about the shifting definitions of masculinity. First off, one of the panelists, Obi Hill, is my mom's neighbor. Um, oh, and his nice. youngest daughter actually goes, is in second grade with my son. Which, okay. So Obi's a great dude. But that's, we'll set that aside, the greatness of Obi Hill for a minute. Um, I bring up the panel because one of the questions I typically ask uh, is who would win in a fight, an abominable snowman or a T-Rex. So I asked this of, I just asked this in my, my first year writing classes today. I typically ask some variation of this mm -hmm. to my guests on this, on this show. It's one of my, my staple attendance questions. But I'm wondering if you and I could or should come up with a less toxically masculine and aggressive and violent <laughs> thing for the abominable mm -hmm. snowman and T-Rex to compete in. So what do you think? What's a new way I should ask that question? So again, the original is, who would win in a fight, Abominable Snowman or T-Rex? What's a okay. different question that I could ask? Maybe you could ask, are we still keeping it along the fight or is it just, or just well, see, pick one or the other? I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like that's the thing is, is, I think, yeah, I would say let's, one or the other. So is some, and it could be a feat of strength or something, but I just think the idea yeah. of them fighting maybe sort of uh, perpetuating a, a, a and every time I, I ask that question, I will say, everybody answers and they always sort of think like, oh, he would do this or he would do that. So they already have yeah. built into their brain this idea that I'm asking a question about a male about abominable snowman. Male abominable yeah. male T-Rex, yeah. So there's something toxic about that. And, and I'm mm -hmm. trying, you know, I'd like to have a different question to ask for the for season two. Definitely. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my head is just like, I don't know why, but just Serena Williams, just because she's like one of like the greatest athletes of like all time, yeah. like athlete, like not yeah, even yeah, a tennis yeah. player, like at greatest athletes of all time. And like people don't really give her that acknowledgement as like one, like men included, one of the best athletes of all time. So sure. that, I don't know why that was like one of the first things that just popped into so my like head. So like who would win in tennis, the abominable snowman or T-Rex? Maybe like where where's the T Rex yeah, even gonna true. hold the racket? Yeah, that'd <laughs> be a little a little difficult to have. Everyone's got to um, go after his arms. I feel badly for the T Rex and his little <laughs> his little nibbly arms. So all right, maybe maybe who would who would oh man, this is that's a that's a tough one. Well, there could be a competition. 
So like maybe, you know, maybe it should be like an athletic competition. Like I, I love the straight up, like the, the, the sports that are unencumbered by rule, you know, like I like football and baseball and what, and in, yeah. you know, lacrosse, I know, but mm-hmm. there's all that gear, there's all that equipment, there's all that rule. It's not, it's not necessarily a sheer sort of demonstration or performance of athletic ability, right? Yeah. Like running or lifting or, you know, something like jumping, I don't know. Um, so maybe something about there, like, like some kind of feat of strength or maybe a, like a decathlon, like who would win it? Oh. Like one of the five events maybe. Or maybe, yeah, or like a marathon. Who would win in a marathon? Yeah. yeah. T-Rex from Abominable Snowman. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good. It'd have to be someplace that wasn't too hot, because I think the Abominable Snowman would probably too gas cold. out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's All right, well, I'll right. think about it. You you get back to me on the... All uh, right. Uh, yeah. that, it, it's up here. It's up here. It's All in right. the noggin. <laughs> good. Uh, all right, here's another one for you. Uh, what is an... I, I ask this a question of everybody that I talk to, uh, and I get varying answers. Um, and the question I typically ask is what's an album that everybody should listen to. And since I'm asking a student, I'm going to ask you, what's an album, not just that everybody should listen to, but that, that teachers, that faculty at Bridgewater, faculty and staff, uh, what's, what's an album that we should definitely listen to? Wow. An album you should definitely listen to my, my personal. All right. So I, that's a that's a wonderful question i'm going to respect the wonderful question with the best answer i can give so i'm going to i really want to do you justice i love music my favorite rapper of all time is isaiah rashad okay um and so his album his album the sun's tirade he released it in 27 2016 actually and or 2016 17 and hasn't released any music except for one song since so that Usually, like, that's, like, a requirement to be my friend is, like, you have to listen to the Sun's tirade before, yeah. like, I can move further with our relationship. So I'll always recommend that. Um, but I also love Spanish music. Like, okay. I, 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 salsa is one of my favorite genres of music. Mark Anthony is, in my personal opinion, just the greatest, like, singer ever. Like, he's my favorite artist overall of all time. Nice. Oh, that's and awesome. so he has... Um, um he has i'll put on his more more recent stuff he just released an album like a a a year ago called opus okay Uh, and so i would say listen to that it's some of his newer stuff great songs still like great salsa vibes like some great stuff on it i personally love it and then hopefully that'll help you delve deeper into his classics because he's he has a lot more older stuff which is what he's more famous for you know some of the stuff that he dropped in in the 90s early 2000s that kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah i think he probably gets a bad rap because he i mean i remember him from like the trl era like like early, late oh, 90s yeah. early 2000s and and it was yeah it was him and enrique you know were, were representing you know sort of uh, uh latin music writ large and and j-lo in there mm-hmm. too and I think that that just gave a bad rap, not just to sort of Mark Anthony, but also to sort of the, the you know, the variety and, and the, the splendor that is, you know, music from, from across the world. So I have a theory yeah. about, um, about Isaiah Rashad and that album in particular. I, I mean, it's a great album, but I think that it, two things do it a disservice. One, mm-hmm. that it was released in between To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn, right? So yeah, I think that people yeah. were, so like, I, it doesn't get enough. And yeah. two, there's not really a, like any sort of bangers on it, right? It's got that sort of like, like nice, relaxing sort of, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, like, like not a trip hop, but you know, like the, what's the yeah. chilled cow vibe to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I, so, I mean, it's a great album and, and, and I, I second the nomination as an album that everybody should listen to because it's got some of the best introspective yeah. bars on it. But I think that like, it doesn't get the press that it deserves, but I think because it got, you got outshone by, it, and, he, and, and Kendrick even has a, doesn't he have a cameo on that one? He has a verse on it, yeah. Yeah. He has a verse on it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I that's. Like, I, I know almost every word on every song on that album. Yeah. And like, so for me, because I love it so much, like every song is a banger. Like, yeah, it starts off. Well, off, so now I just mean something that's like, that like. Yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I, mean? I get what you're yeah. saying. He definitely, yeah. He definitely, I think the closest song to that kind of vibe, like kind of like an upbeat, like more like, you know, really crank kind of song would be Park. Um, okay. And that's my personal favorite song on okay. the album. Right. Um, but also still not kind of that, conven- especially not what's going around nowadays. Like right, definitely right, not right. that conventional kind of sound that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think the the like, I the 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 parts of of to pimp a butterfly that are sort of that 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 story, mm-hmm. that, you know, where where he's talking with with Tupac. I think if you like that part of to pimp a butterfly, and you don't know, you it, love the sun's tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely love it. Absolutely. But if you're in if you're into Kendrick because you like, you know, uh, what's the what's the song from Damn the the um, uh, hell DNA. No, no, where he's telling everyone to sit down and shut up. Where he's telling Eminem to sit down and shut up, basically. Anyway, if you like the harder <laughs> stuff from, from, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah that's a great album. That you. is a, that's a good one. I think that's a, and, and then uh, and Mark Anthony, I think that's good. All right, nice. So, all right, your turn. You asked me a question. All right. Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that you knew isaiah rashad oh, okay and, like off <laughs> off rip so i'm gonna ask about that so what what do you listen to and like how did you come across isaiah rashad yourself because usually when i talk about isaiah rashad like yeah. even people my age nobody really knows who i'm talking about well i mean i think so i would uh yeah so what i what i listen to well i what i say i listen to a lot of different things but the the most recent sort of uh albums that have been that i've been uh listened to a lot there's a a punk band from england called uh the idols i've been listening to them and i've been listening to rtj4 and i think because they're just matching my mood about the way that the world works right now um part of the reason why i why i even started listening to to rap and and hip-hop was because my first teaching gig was at a, a inner city school in Pittsburgh. And I had listened to a lot of sort of like late 80s, early 90s hip hop, right? So, you know, like, uh, like Run DMC and Public Enemy and, and NWA. And, you know, so like, yeah, I was, uh, that was my verse, right? Yeah. But then, you know, so I got turned on in, in like 2005, 2006 to what was then at the time sort of contemporary hip hop and whatnot. And I just sort yeah. of have stuck with it. Um, and it, I think honestly, my dad was a musician. So I think that I, I, I'm, I sort of have a, a, a deep appreciation for any music that is made, um, particularly if it's made really well and how I, how I yeah. know Isaiah Rashad is through Kendrick Lamar. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, cause you know, they're, they're part of the same sort of, you know, Vince Staples. TDE. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Black hippie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so, well that now you shouldn't, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I would say the, that album to pimp a butterfly is sort of my, my goat album. Right. I mean, that is, yeah. and, and, and for a variety of reasons, one, I think it's just great, but also the, as a, as a lit guy, as a literature guy, the 
layers and depth of illusion in that album, right? The, 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 not just in terms of music, but, you know, references to Ralph Ellison, yeah. references to, you know, you know, obviously the, the, the sort of sustained homage to Tupac, but just the, the level and depth of, I think that's the album that people were, people were like, oh shit, this is, this is a piece of art. This is going to last forever. Yeah. And that's what he got the Pulitzer for. Not yeah. for, damn is great. Um, don't get me wrong. That's a great album as well. Yeah. I don't think it, it comes close to, 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 to Pimple Pimple Butterfly. Butterfly. Yeah. And I, and when people, I think that like, and that's, I think for me, like when people talk about Kendrick Lamar being the goat, like greatest of all time, like yeah. that's, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why is like, yeah. this is like, this isn't just a guy like rapping about like money and like, you know, yep. whatever else, which is fine. I very much enjoyed that side of rap too. Yeah. But th this is like a very intelligent guy who very intentionally trying to portray a message. And like, he did that so well throughout the entire album. So I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, um, yeah, sorry, real, go ahead. No, sorry. I just wanted to pop smoke, rest in peace. Uh, his last album, yeah. Uh, um, aim for the moon, shoot for the stars. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the deluxe version. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, sorry, continue. No, no, that's fine. I mean, that's that that throws me for a little bit of a loop that you can go from Isaiah Rashad to Pop Smoke, <laughs> right? Because I mean, that he's a he's a hard dude, or he no, was yeah. a hard dude. Yeah. I like uh the, the thing I like about Pop Smoke, right, is his first two projects sound kind of similar. Yeah. In that it's and Pop has really like his own really like new unique New York sound like no one right. else really is making music that sounds like Pop Smoke, but then in in his latest album I think it's Postmortem I think is what you call it or something along those lines the album after he passed yeah um, he was really diversifying his sound like there's a lot of like covers of like older songs from like the 90s that he's like switching up, putting his own loop to, he's singing a little bit more. He's, there's a little bit more melody as opposed to just kind of like consistent chorus. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just beautiful. And like, I love seeing growth of artists. And so yeah. Pop Smoke is, you know, obviously like death anytime is terrible, but especially like for me in this case, like, cause I, I saw him getting better at his craft and trying to grow in his craft. And so it was just definitely listen to the album. And he's one of those, I mean, I, I, it's unfortunate that you have to read this sort of in press about, but I wonder to the extent that his, or I shouldn't say I wonder, I don't think that it is the case, but I, I, because I read it, I wonder like to what extent his death actually sort of catapulted his, his, yeah. his prestige. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Like you got to have, you can't just sort of get thrown up into yeah. the level of appreciation that he had, not just sort of in, you know, casual fans, but like in the game itself, like that, that, there were other people who were like, yeah, no, this guy, he's, he's all awesome. legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, so have you, um, he's on the, uh, what's his name? He's on the album that, that, um, uh, Beyonce just did with, uh, uh, uh for the Lion King, Burna Boy, you know, Burna oh, Boy. Okay. Yeah, I do. I'm familiar. Yeah. So that's, a, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in sort of a, a, a global approach to, um, to hip hop sort of very different but i think he's another one of those like i think that there's something about he 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 his his style that, and and the way in which other artists appreciate it yeah him that i think that sure. he's he's on the edge he, too he, he was on pop smoke's album too actually, oh was he on the, oh. On the, on the deluxe version yeah he's nice. on he's on one of the features in the bottom yeah yeah all right cool well that's good uh, yeah man that's um so yeah there you have like 12 or 12 or 15 artists that you can listen to, <laughs> to go check out wanna, yeah cool <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks very much, Daniel. It was a great meeting you. Great talking with you. I, you know, I, I really, you know, it was, it was awesome to meet you. I'm, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to have this conversation. Um, yeah, no, parting word. Thank you for, ha uh, thank you for having me first. I really okay. appreciate the opportunity. I, I love to talk in general. Uh, and so I love doing interviews. I love like being on panels or like anything like that. Like I love to do it. Um, parting words. Um, I'm going to get a little bit more serious here and That's just fine. say that um, to anyone listening, uh, like wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just be bold. Uh, you know, if you're passionate about something, uh, I say run with it and, and don't be afraid of, of not succeeding or of not failing with it. You know, the only way that you're going to make anything happen is if you really give it a good shot, especially right. us living right now. Um, you know, with COVID and everything, but also just in terms of the election, um, you know, when things really started and like quarantine was happening, but I went to protest almost every day in DC, you know, cause that's right by where I live, right by my house. And I got to a point where I think protesting serves a purpose. I think it's absolutely wonderful, but I reached a point where I realized that I had to shift from just, you know, being out there protesting to trying to take action and trying to make something happen myself. And so I think we all have to reach a point where we try to change our part of the world. And I think that's how the world changes. You know, I, I probably am not going to be able to impact global change in my current state. Like right now, you know, I'm 21 years old, don't even have a degree yet, but it's coming. Wait on it. Um, but I think, you know, if, if I do my part in my community, to change the, the, the structures around me, the people around me, the things around me that need to be changed, if I push for the right things where I can and where I do have the power to say something. For, so for now, that's Bridgewater College campus and that's you know Silver Spring, Hyattsville, Maryland for me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do that. And I think that's what we all have to do. You know, Realize that the impact you have, even if it's somewhere small, changing a little part of the world, you're still changing the world. So, you know, be bold, do what you guys got to do. That's awesome, man. That's a great, great, a great bit of advice to end, uh, end the interview on and end the season on. So thanks very Definitely. much, Daniel. No, thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so I'll much. talk to you soon. See ya. Ring, ring goes the bell. Hey, thanks for being present today. And thanks to my guests and all of my colleagues and students at Bridgewater College. You're watching this on YouTube, so feel free to subscribe and hit the bell below to get notifications for every time I upload a new episode. I'd also like to encourage you to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit the show page, samuelhamilton.com slash category slash attendance questions. I'll go ahead and put a link in the uh, description below. Thanks again for being present today, and I hope you have a wonderful day.